For those of you who listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you will remember me saying that I was going to put an offer on my Month to Manifest program. Month to Manifest is the easiest manifestation course on the market right now. My intention when creating this course was allow it to be easy, simple, time efficient, like I'm not about things that take me a lot of time or I just won't do them. So this requires at the most five minutes of your time a day to be able to really hone your intentions on a daily basis. And not only that, one of the things we have done is to create a community of like-minded people where we meet once a month on a live and we set our intentions for the month ahead. It is so powerful and you'll get to meet those like-minded people who share in your joy and in your love of manifestations and we all lift each other up. It is so amazing. I love it and I would love you to join. One of the things that I have always wanted to do as well is to make this affordable and not only is it affordable every day but I am also giving you a discount on that right now. All you have to do is DM me the word manifest on Instagram and I will send you the unique discount code. Come and join us. Dip into Raising Cane's when you crave something hot and fresh and oh so delicious. Dip in for cooked to order chicken fingers, crispy crinkle cut fries and garlicky buttered Texas toast. Our secret cane sauce makes every dip a delight. Raising Cane's chicken fingers, one love. Welcome back to the Unbreakable Mindset Podcast with me, your host, Don't. Now, if you've listened to the last few, God, I think the last five, six, you'll know that I have started recording this for YouTube as well. But I watched some of them back and I was like, oh, it's really weird that I'm looking at the camera. I don't know why, it just felt like I was really on top of it. So I thought, I'll angle it today. And now I don't know where to look. (laughs) So the start of this, I've tried it three times. And I think it's because I'm so confused as to where I look. I keep forgetting what I want to say. So as I'm talking to you, we're going to readjust the camera. And I'm just going to move it back slightly and hope I don't knock everything over. Right, maybe that's a bit better. Maybe it's a bit better that I just... Again, not relevant for you guys listening to a podcast, I appreciate. It's like when people talk on radio and they're pointing at something and you think, well, I can't see it. So, um, okay, let me fill you in on what's been going on. So, in the last week, what have I been up to? So, I started, oh, I told you, I'm sure I told you on the Zoe, uh, that I've started the Zoe app. But I can't remember if I told you why I've started the Zonia. Anyway, I'll repeat myself. So since hitting perimenopause, probably realizing it this time last year, one thing I noticed more than anything is that it's really hard to maintain your weight when you're going through perimenopause. So I know the certain things that I could always do to get back to my ideal weight. So if you've put weight on over Christmas, I, you know, it's dead easy for me to get back to my ideal weight. I know the certain things that I need to do, take out of my diet, put into my diet or um, or exercise, um, or it just happens naturally because I'm not eating the crap that I was over Christmas. So it's always been really easy to get back to my my comfort zone, shall we say. 
And that just doesn't happen anymore. So if I put on weight, it doesn't automatically just drop off because I'm not eating those things that I was at Christmas or on holiday. And as somebody who struggled with an eating disorder when she was 23, and I felt very out of control, and it was a scary place, you know, like if you don't know my story, that's how I ended up going to see a life coach, because my depression and anxiety had got so bad, I was now out of control with my eating. And instead of focusing on it, it's transferred anxiety. So instead of focusing on the things that I was anxious about, I'm now consuming every single waking hour thinking about food. And it was really uncomfortable and it wasn't a very healthy place to be. So getting to a point where, you know, God, for the last 20 years, I've never had an issue with it. Um, And I appreciate weight as a very... um, triggering thing to talk about so please don't presume that I think everyone has a good relationship with food or that I'm presuming anything other than me just telling you my story so when I've realized that I'm actually not in control of my body anymore in terms of what I put in and knowing what results I'll get It was a bit uncomfortable. It was no, don't get us wrong. It was not my eating disorder phase. It was not my every waking thought. It just made us a little bit, is sad even the right word? Because I feel like there's so much going on in the world that it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, I wanted to do something about it, right? I am somebody who is very much solution focused. I wanted to do something about it. And I've done various things, you know, like I've ramped up the gym. I am really conscious of what I eat. Now, don't go wrong. I'm not that conscious that I'm like cutting out my Kit Kats or my biscuits. (laughs) I'm not, I haven't completely um, taken away everything in my life because bear in mind, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't take drugs. Kit Kats are all I have and biscuits and chocolate from the chocolate smiths. So yeah, it's not like, it's not like I've made... (laughs) huge changes where I'm taking that out but I have done things and and I and I feel like I still haven't seen the difference so I've started the Zoe app and as I say look into it because I am not the best at explaining exactly what it does because I think it does different things for everyone depending on what you're looking at doing anyway god I wasn't expecting to go into that much detail with you on this so in terms of what it's asking you to do on a daily basis there's certain challenges And I didn't know there was going to be certain challenges, so I missed the first day, just going, oh God, I was like at work and they were like, right, you need to pick what you're going to eat today. I was thinking, well, I'm at work and I've only got um, bran flakes, so that's not going to work. So I had to kind of miss the first day and start on the second day. Anyway, I'm going to, as I say, I'll keep you updated as as to what I learn about my journey. But again, it will very much be my journey and not yours. So the, the the couple of things that they get you to do is to pick a carb that you're going to have. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just pick oats because I've always got oats in. But I didn't know that was going to be the carb that I would have to have for the whole of the duration of the, of, the, um, of the challenges. And I think the challenges go on for the length of time you're wearing the, um, so I'll show people who are watching on YouTube, the length of time you're wearing the little 
yellow device, you'll have seen it on things. And you have to wear that for two weeks. So I'm guessing I've got another week to go on these certain challenges. So actually, it's not that bad when I say it like that. I don't know why I'm complaining. But <laughs> when you have to eat oats and all you've got to mix them with is boiled water, it's just like eating glue. There's nothing else you can put on it. But yesterday I was allowed to put, uh, what was it, Greek yogurt on it. And that actually felt like a treat because the day before had been horrific. And I can't tell you how grumpy I've been on it. Like, yeah, grumpy. Because when you do one of the challenges, you then have to fast for three hours, which is fine. Like I'm used to, I'm used to fasting, but I'm used to cheat fasting where I have a little bit of milk in my coffee. But this is quite strict where you can only have black coffee if you want a coffee. Anyway. Uh, as I say, I'll keep you posted. It's not going to be for long that I'm doing these challenges for. What else have we been doing? So yesterday, I've started taking my son for skiing lessons. Not because I thought, oh, it'll be mint to get him skiing. <laughs> Look at us. Because I can't ski and I actually don't like the cold. <laughs> but it was just because my friend has started her son and she wanted to start her youngest and we're like bezies, so going along, it's nice. I just get a Saturday morning with her, so that's lush. But it turns out he's really good at it, and he's actually enjoying it. So it's quite a nice thing to do on a Saturday morning. So that's lovely. And then we went to a roller rink in the afternoon. Like, I don't know about you, where you live, but having a roller rink, uh, so roller skates, go around a rink, it's few and far between. I think I had one when I was about 14 and it lasted like two years or something and then it closed down. Then when my daughter was about, oh, probably the same age as, as my son. So I think she was about six. There was one for a very short period of time that you could go to. That closed down. Um, but they're still like, even those ones, they're still nowhere near as good as what you'd want them to be. Like, I want them to be all singing, all dancing. I want cool music as I'm going through. <laughs> I want grease on. <laughs> anyway, it didn't. But we went there last night, yesterday afternoon. That was good. Um, my son wasn't very good at it, which was fine, but he kept falling over. And when you fall over, when you're doing um, on the rink, it hurts way more um, compared to when you're falling on an ice rink. If you fall on an ice rink, you're normally fine because you're normally layered up anyway. So you've got your coat on, you've got some, you know, you've got probably thicker trousers on. So it doesn't actually hurt when you fall on the ice. God, when you fall on that roller rink and I fell on him because he pulled me down. God love him. He's going to be sore today. What else have I been doing? Oh, do you know what? There was one thing that I've not talked about on the podcast because I'd batched recorded the ones for Christmas and then I was off over Christmas. So I didn't tell you about when I went on the news. And to be fair, it's not a big deal, but I wanted to just explain something. So when I first started out as a, as a coach, somebody rang me and said, oh, we're doing this feature about... God, what was it even about? Mental health, maybe? And they had just so happened to find me. Now, at that time, I was really lucky that I lived a stone's throw from the from the studios. I mean, I didn't know that because I didn't know where they were. So they must have just Googled, and it just so happened that because on Google Maps, I must have been the closest. 
because <laughs> I wasn't well known or anything and I had only just started out I was still working full time anyway I went on TV I was rubbish I mean they didn't say I was rubbish but you know when you watch it back like I watched it back and I had anxiety wash over me because I was like oh my god like I I don't even know if I look like what I'm, I know what I'm talking about and they I think what they said they were going to ask me they didn't ask me when they recorded it and I think I was a bit flustered anyway again slow news day so they asked us back not long after that and again because I'm solution focused I wanted to make sure it was good I made them prep the questions and I made myself (laughs) like in the olden days before um I had iPads on TV I made myself some little cards so that I had my answers on cards and I connected it to the answer that I gave so it was much better I'm not saying it was amazing but it was definitely much better and then they had us on again for something to do with COVID where they came to the office and recorded And then I think for three years, I've heard nothing. And it just so happened that before Christmas, I was having a strategy session with Marsh from Canny Crystals. Um, He'd come in and we were kind of getting him set up for 2024. And we were talking about different things about, you know, being conscious of your time and being careful what to add in, does it add in value? And we got talking about the fact that, you know, the, the TV thing for me, um, and, and I was just saying, you know, like, I don't, I still don't know whether it does add value in terms of going down and the amount of time it takes and things like that. Anyway, so we'd been talking about it, but it was because of something he was going to do, not necessarily because I was saying, God, they've not rappers in ages. Like maybe I'm just not on their radar anymore. Like, you know, you, what you tend to find is that people move on in jobs. So the people that knew you aren't there anymore. So there's no, there's no connection to you anymore. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking, oh God, they don't like us. That's now why they've asked us back. I was just thinking, oh, you know, turnover of staff and things. Maybe that producer isn't there anymore. And then literally within a week of me mentioning it, and bearing in mind I'd not been on, on TV for about three years, they rang and said, oh, we've got something we want to run. Would you mind coming in on the 2nd of January? And I was like, well, that's my birthday and I'm going to the pantomime (laughs) so no I can't do it Uh, I went but I'll pre-record for you like this week if you can fit us in and they were like oh yeah amazing but we'll put it out tonight so it all happened it was all amazing I was so much better than I've ever been I was so proud of myself afterwards I came across really confident I planned my answers well I wasn't overthinking it now, this isn't me bragging. There's a point of me telling you this. The, 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 the story of that, there's two things that I want you to take away from that, right? Is that one, anytime you do something for the first time, you're going to be shit, right? And I was, I was horrific for those first few times. But you'll get better as long as you don't push it in the corner, forget about it, and then never do it again, right? Whatever you rubbish at, keep going, keep problem solving, you'll get better, you'll get better. And two, sometimes you put stuff out into the universe without realizing, like I've not spoke about being on ITV News for three years and the time that I do, two weeks later, they ask me back on. It's nuts. Honestly, the universe is just crazy how sometimes it responds. (laughs) It's like when you, um, you know, when you Google something, 
And what have I been looking at at the minute? And it's been coming up on my phone loads. Oh, what is it? Gym clothes, for example. So I've Googled Googled some gym clothes because I'm trying to find some new stuff because I'm going to this new gym now and everyone (laughs) has really thought they're really like, I mean, sometimes it's a bit jammy, but sometimes like the girls are like out there. They are so well put together with their outfits, their gym outfits. And there's me with all my mismatched stuff. So I wanted to take it up a level now with my new gym. So I went to look for some new gym clothes. And I was like Googling it. Anyway, so what happens? You Google it. And then when you're on Instagram, every other advert that you're going through on your stories is gym clothes, right? And it's like the universe is similar, you know? Once you put something out there, that's it. It sticks. And it's going to come back to you, especially if you've got no resistance to it. And it was something that I didn't have resistance to. This brings me on quite nicely to the thing that I wanted to talk to you about today. And it's about spiritual downloads. Now, you'll hear people who are in the manifestation sector, is that the right way to say it? In the in the manifestation sphere, who are openly talking about their manifestations, they're, they're talking about the practices, they are manifestation teachers and spiritual leaders. And one of the things that they talk about are these spiritual downloads, right? Getting a download from the universe. Now, there's part of me, <laughs> God, please don't listen to this when you've got kids, because I am a little bit sweary, aren't I? The next word I'm going to say, there's part of me that goes, wow, that's really wanky, right? Like, oh, I had a spiritual download. <laughs> and I know some people who do it, right? And, and <sighs> I'm really against anything where people put labels on things to make it sound better, right? And I was thinking about this in bed last night when I was thinking about what I was going to do for the podcast for you. When I first started college, and you've got to remember at that point, I still hadn't done the work on myself. There's still part of us that thinks I am the thickest person in the room. And when I first started college, I remember going home. (laughs) This was literally the first week and my mom saying like, oh, how was it? What were you doing? And I went, we spent all day tearing paper and cutting paper and tearing it in different ways. And she was like, wow, what are you going to get out of this course? And I was like, honestly, it's nuts, ma'am. I was like, they're making us literally have a piece of paper, tear it at certain points, and then we've got to describe it. Now, what they were getting us to do was nothing to do with the bit of paper. It was about us, one, being able to speak publicly about our work because it was a it was 3D design that I was doing and feeling comfortable talking about your work in a room. It was getting us to use different language because you have to use very descriptive language if you're going to explain how you tore a piece of paper right? So you could be talking about in terms of the texture and the sharpness and I don't know, whatever other wanky word that we're meant to add in because we tore a piece of paper. And one of the things that it made me realize was, God, it's not, some people are just better at talking about stuff and making it sound more complicated or 
more intricate than I think it is. And then when I got into, I mean, that's probably with anything that I've ever discovered. Like when I think something is not for me and it's bigger than me and it's far too intellectual for me, when I get into it, I'm like, oh, it was just a load of fancy words. And actually the heart of it is this, if you if you understand what I'm saying. And when I did my um, coaching diploma, one of the things that we had as part of it was NLP, neuro-linguistic, and neuro-linguistic programming. I probably said that wrong because it's too wordy. And I remember hating that part of the course that we did and not really understanding it. And then after that, completing the course, what I ended up doing was, one, I got, (laughs) these are brilliant books, I bought NLP for Dummies. (laughs) The irony, I bought NLP for Dummies. And it was really good because it did, it, it got rid of all the wordy stuff right? And it broke it down. And since I've discovered it, I must have about 10 books on NLP. When you break it down, the very basic techniques that they're teaching you, but they've added a ton of words, made it really complicated and made it sound far more prestigious than it actually is. It's the working of the mind and it's how to harness it essentially, which is exactly the same as all the stuff that I do in Run and Break Well Mindset but I make it easy, I make it understandable, I make it user-friendly, because you know what, it shouldn't be hard to control your mind, it shouldn't be hard to focus on positive things, it shouldn't be hard to change your thinking, to be able to match the world that you want to live in, and that was groundbreaking for me, when I realised that the thing that had kept me stuck all the time, was me and my own thinking, so once I had all the tools to be able to, to change that, and to live this amazing life that I get to live, and to realize that actually life's not that hard. It was all of these tools, and yet there's other people out there who are making all of this sound much harder than it is, and that you have to have a bloody degree to understand it. So I hate anything that is overinflated, making you think it's not for you. And I think when I first heard about, sorry, I'm just opening my iPad because I made loads of notes, When I first heard about these spiritual downloads, I remember thinking, oh, that must be next level. That must be next level manifestation that I've just not got to yet. Now, don't get us wrong. I didn't get to the stage where I was like, oh, that's not for me. I just thought, oh, that must be next level. And what I've come to discover over time (laughs) is that it's not. And we all have the power to have a download, but we're just not tapping into it. Now, What I wanted to do in this episode for you is simplify the hell out of spiritual downloads so that you can tune into what the universe is trying to tell you. So listen up. So a download, if I'm going to remove the word, right, and and make it really simple, because remember, people only add these descriptive things on to give them more authority, and to make them feel, to make you feel like, oh God, I need to know more from this person because they know something I don't, right? To really simplify it, a download, a spiritual download is essentially just a good idea mixed with intuition. Now, even that you might be thinking, 
I still don't know how to tap into that, Jude. I still don't know how to get to that point, okay? So but the notes that I've written, I'm looking at the notes I've written, was, well, you might be thinking, well, why have I not had one? You will. But if you are somebody who is anxious and led by your fears or limiting beliefs, you won't hear them because they'll be too scary for you. So why would you even do that? Yeah, you'll put the, you'll put the download, you'll get it. You'll get that intuition, you'll get that idea, but you'll put it to one side because you don't believe it's possible for you or you've got a fear of failure. So again, you'll put it to one side. So there is stuff being downloaded to you all the time but you have to have an awareness of thought and to be able to turn down those anxious thoughts so you can actually hear what's being said. So your mind becomes open. If any of you have read anything from Brené Brown or you've watched a TED Talk or you've watched the Netflix show that you've had, uh, that she had rather, One thing that was really evident that came across that I heard, and again, we all hear different things because it's all relevant, whatever we're being taught. When we hear something for a few times, we'll hear something different because we didn't hear it beforehand because we were focused on that bit of the teaching. But the thing that I heard, which I loved because this was so me, is that when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, creativity is possible. Actually, she says it the opposite way. She says, if you can't allow vulnerability, then creativity won't happen. You won't have ideas. So therefore, if you can't be vulnerable, and when I'm saying vulnerable, I mean be open to being hurt, being open to failure, right? And let's go back to the TV thing, right? If I wasn't open to failure, I wouldn't have done it the first time. I wouldn't have done it the second time. I wouldn't have done it the third time. I wouldn't have done it the fourth time. Now, I had to do it those four times to be good at it. But I had to accept that I was probably going to fail in those first few times to be able to get to that part. Okay. And honest to God, I had some lush feedback (laughs) from being on TV. And I was like, oh, that's canny. (laughs) Like everyone's saying how well I did. But I didn't, it didn't feel like a big deal. The first few times felt horrific. And that time didn't feel like a big deal because I just went in and did it. And then I went up, what did I do after that? Went, picked up my new glasses. And then I went and got Nico from um, after school club. Like it wasn't a big deal. So I was blown away when I got all this lush feedback. But I had to get to the point where I was vulnerable enough to, to fail, to get better at it. So that creativity hit. So if you connect all of those things together, and you might need to hear this a few times this episode, if you connect all of those things together, you've got to lower your guard enough that you're opening yourself up to those opportunities. You're opening yourself up to what the universe is trying to point you in the direction of. And honest to God, it is a beautiful process when you get to that point because you're so aware you're so aware. Now, I'm not saying it's going to feel like, and even then, you know, sometimes I might sound a little bit wanky there with what I've just said. But essentially, you know, the universe, you could say, you know, that you could say it was 
God giving you this in, intuition. You could just say it was an idea. It was an idea I had and I actually went for it. And I just feel like, God, this really fits with what I'm looking to do. Or it might just be a certain piece of action that you're going to take. Whatever it is, you have to be open to it. If you're not open to it, those ideas will never come to you. If you're not in a good headspace, that idea will never come to you. You know, when I sat down to think about what did I want to change in my life when I decided, the moment I decided I wanted something more and I wanted to become a coach, that that night when I sat down to go, what could I do? What could I do that could give me a better work-life balance for my door? And you'll know I've talked about it before. It was a New Year's Eve and I, I, I go back through the episodes. <laughs> And it wasn't like, I was like, oh my God, like this is my call and I should definitely be a coach. I definitely were like, it was the first time it had ever came to us because I was looking for something else. And I was open to all the possibilities of like, what can I do? What can I do so that I'm not ringing my mom every Sunday and saying like, this is the schedule for the week. Can you drop off here? Can you pick up then? And I knew I needed something else. And there was loads of things. I mean, you know, you sit down and you brainstorm. There's loads of opportunities. There's loads of things that you can do. But you have to be open and you have to be vulnerable to allow that change to happen, but also for that intuition to come on board with it. So me sitting down, it wasn't like I was sat down going, right, that's it, I'm going to become a life coach. It was something happened first. It was the thought of, I want change. What could I do? Then that download came. You could be a life coach. Now, there wasn't much more in that. There wasn't like I'd sat down and thought, oh my God, I could. I, I, my life would look like this. I hadn't really thought about what my day-to-day would look like, what I'd even need to do or how I would train. I didn't know any of that. It was just, God, I wonder if I could do something that helps me and and be able to do that for other people. And then I went on to kind of research it and, and what have you. So I want you guys to start becoming more aware of thought. That's the first stage. Because you could be sat there thinking, yeah, Jupiter, like, how am I going to get that intuition? How am I going to get those ideas? How am I going to get that spiritual download if I'm still struggling with my own mindset? What I would say is be gentle with your thoughts and start to, I mean, this is the first step anyway to heal in your own mindset. It's questioning what's coming up. It's being aware of thought. It's not being stuck in thought. It's being aware of thought. So being open to opportunity and what's around you so say for example if you were unhappy at work and it was just making you feel sad all the time and and, you know you didn't feel good enough maybe you had an, an overbearing manager something that was making you feel like you're not good at your job So therefore, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to be good at anything. So therefore, you stay stuck and you're staying stuck in that thought. What I want you to start being open to is not the pain that you're in, it's the outcome that you desire. That's the easiest way 
to be able to turn from anxiety into opportunity. Then to be able to allow that spiritual download to come in, it's sitting with a blank piece of paper, literally going, right, I am open to opportunities. What are the opportunities? And write down your skill set, right? Like I'm not saying go and be a coach, right? There's probably loads of opportunities for you to go and do. So sit down and write down, what do I love about my job? What do I not? And this is all scenario. This is these are all scenarios that you can use. You don't need to use it in a in a workspace. It was just an easy one for me to pull on. What is the outcome that I desire? What what do I know I want? What do I know I don't want? And what does it need to give me? You could ask, there's loads of different questions you can ask yourself to start brain dumping it. And it's stuff that I do with clients again who are looking for career changes. Now, with any of that. We're not talking about limiting beliefs. We're not talking about fears of failure. We're not talking about, oh, well, I couldn't do that kind of scenario. It's literally being open to the opportunity. And I appreciate maybe thinking, but my confidence is knocked. I don't think I can do anything. Well, that's your mind telling you, not necessarily fact. So once you've got this information in front of you, so say, for example, I don't know, you work in a call center but you've decided you want to go and work in retail and you want to go um, and work in stores and and maybe you are a supervisor in a call center, but you want to go and do it in, in stores, but your confidence isn't there. Have a little think about what it is you want to do. Then Google a job description, right? And then I want you to Google your own job description and compare the two. These are facts. Now, remember job descriptions. Again, <laughs> what, what they do is they overinflate things. They make it sound more complicated to give it authority, break it down. You know, good communication skills just means that you're really good at talking to people. To be really good at talking to people, you need to be able to have a conversation you're probably really good at having a conversation. Like there's there's ways you can break it down so those job descriptions don't sound as scary and they seem more doable. But once you realize, oh God, actually I do that. You know, we've all got transferable skills. There's always something that you can transfer into something else. But if your head tells you you're not good enough, you're not going to think about how you can transfer that into that. Does that make sense? Now, as always, I do try... (laughs) and and think about is this relevant for everybody listening so I want you to really think about what is the area of your life where you want change so that you can start to get these spiritual downloads so that you can start to get these ideas and intuitions without letting your anxiety override it because that's the only thing that's the only thing that's stopping all of this coming in you know, that's why entrepreneurs are fantastic at, at, at taking their businesses to the next level because they have those ideas. They have that intuition of like, wouldn't it be amazing if, and they figure out how to do it. This is the exactly the same. You know, a spiritual download is exactly the same as that. It's having, it's removing your fears and anxieties to see the opportunities and to look for inspiration and to be inspired by something. But you're only going to do that if you actually physically do the work. And sometimes that will require you to do that brainstorming. You know, that brainstorming is a huge part of the work that I do with my one-to-one clients. Because I don't know what they might have a desire to do. I don't know 
what they've thought about in the past, but then completely dismissed it because, well, that I could never do that. There's always a way around something. Everything is that beautiful Marie Ferlio book. Everything is figure outable. There will be a solution, but you need to be open to hearing what the universe is telling you. I hope and pray this podcast landed exactly where it needed to today. As always, I am I'm always replying to, to DM. So if this landed where it needs to, tell me your story. Tell me what you got out of it. Tell me what you loved about it. Connect with me, Don't Coaching on Instagram. I always love to hear your story. And again, if you wish to, you know, I love it. If you drop me a... Um, Comment below if you're on YouTube, subscribe, send it to other people. The same if you're on a podcast app. I would love a review. It makes a huge difference to where this podcast goes. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I really do hope I have done this justice in explaining and simplifying some of the things that people out there make it more difficult to understand. There is nothing in this world that is complicated if we're willing to peel away the layers. Have an amazing week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbreakable Mindset podcast with me, your host, Jude Daunt. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do share with others. And it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate, review, follow and subscribe on your podcast app. This will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences. And if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly, please visit judedaunt.com coaching.co.uk. The links will be in the show notes.